I'm Anne Labar. I'm Lisa Lancer Rose. And this is This Animal Life. And today we're going to get squirrely. <laughs> A little squirrely. Oh, it's it's so much fun. Such frisky fun. <laughs> they are. I was going to uh, start with just just some like random facts. There was an article that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. But basically, just to give a quick overview, squirrels include ground squirrels, which are prairie dogs. Yes. Prairie dogs are a kind of ground squirrel. Right. So they're a ground squirrel. So they're squirrels. They're all in the same family. There's 300 different species. They're everywhere from the Arctic tundra to the desert. So they cover pretty much the globe. Just like us. Yeah. There's ground squirrels and tree squirrels. Flying squirrels. Groundhogs. we also, they're marm. Groundhogs? Oh, sorry. Groundhogs are, are marmots, marmots and, and they're a kind of squirrel. Big chubby one. Really? Yeah. Well, well that shows you that adaptability, their adaptability is really impressive. The Eurasian red squirrel, I wanted to talk a little bit about because I lived in the UK for a short time and they are beloved little red squirrels and they are adorable. They got little tufts on their ears, mm -hmm. but they used to be throughout Europe and Asia, mostly pine forests. They're kind of a pine squirrel. Mm -hmm. The, they are endangered. Oh, and 75%. And I kind of think this is sort of funny, but 75% of the remaining red squirrels in the UK are found in Scotland. So the little ginger squirrels are up in Scotland. <laughs> now, come on. Do you, do you think they cultivated them because they identified with them because of the coloring? I am probably, yeah, sure. <laughs> that and forests. There's much more fine forests up there than oh. in the rest of the UK. That's got something to do about. The reason that the red squirrel is endangered is because of the gray squirrel. And it was introduced into the UK and they're pushing out the red squirrels. So they're invasive in the UK. So in other words, the American squirrel is colonizing the British Isles. Yes. In a big way. And they're much bigger than the red squirrels. They're smarter too. Yeah. The gray squirrels are probably the smartest of the squirrel family. I saw, uh, I saw an article that said they're smarter. As far as we know. As far as we know. We've probably studied them more than other squirrels. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would think so. Gray squirrels are invasive in the UK. And they are very successful. They are pushing out the red squirrel. I wanted to bring up a little bit of propaganda hey. that I was exposed to as a child. Involving squirrels? <laughs> Involving squirrels. This propaganda is a book. And it's called Miss Susie. Okay. And it's by Miriam Young. And actually, in 2014, it just celebrated the 50th anniversary of Miss Susie, and they re-released it. So it was a very popular children's book. And I have it still in my basement. Cool. And it's adorable. But the story is, Miss Susie is a gray squirrel. And she has this lovely little house and she keeps it very clean and she sweeps it and she has little acorn cups and her cupboards are perfectly mm. organized. And then these red squirrels <gasps> come. They're like soldiers or rabble rousers. And they come and they rip up her place and they 
break all her dishes and they do all these terrible things and they chase her out of her home. Nay, nay. (laughs) (laughs) It's the opposite. But now that I've got that off my chest, (laughs) the one thing about squirrels, which I found very interesting, is that I didn't realize, we all know they cache nuts, but each nut is actually buried separately. Yeah. It's called scatter hoarding. Yeah. Mikel Delgado of the University of California um, actually microchipped and marked some nuts. Oh, she wow. wanted to find out if they remembered and how in the world can they remember? Because they bury like up to a thousand nuts. So how do they remember where they are? And do yeah. they remember? Or are they just forgotten? The one thing she couldn't tell is if somebody else dug it up. But so she was tracking where the nuts were uh, buried. And she did notice they do two things. They evaluate the nut when they pick it up. Oh. They turn it over. They look at it. Like we do in the produce aisle. Right. Throws it to see how it flies, because that'll tell them whether it's rotten inside, because it'll be lighter. Oh. What kind of nut it is, if it's a good one. But yeah, so they do like two tests, basically. They do like a physical examination, then they toss it. Mm-hmm to see how it flies and then if it's good they go get it and they bury it what she found out was that 90 percent are retrieved and remembered and so there's another squirrel i forget where it's from it's not the american gray squirrel but these little squirrels somewhere in the world bury like nine thousand nuts which means they only lose 10% of those, if you're going to do the, yeah, (laughs) do it upwards. So they're digging up a lot and remembering. And that's each squirrel. And that's each squirrel. Yeah. Do they have overlapping territories? And they do. They do. Are they distinguishing their cached nuts from other squirrels' cached nuts? Well, that's what she said. She couldn't, she didn't know if they were digging up each other's, but 90% of the nuts buried are retrieved. Okay. And they assume remembered. And they move them. Yeah, they also fake you out or fake each other out. They pretend to bury something. Right. So, of course, they're retrieving each other's or they wouldn't have to right. do the fake bury. So the tree squirrels have larger brains because they have a more complex 3D environment because mm-hmm. they're up in the trees, which makes sense. Any mammal that is arboreal has a larger brain. Or that portion of the brain or that portion of the brain and this is bizarre but in the fall Mm -hmm. their brains get bigger because they have they have to make a huge mental map of where all their nuts are hidden but their brains physically get bigger ah ouch yeah i know (laughs) that's what a migraine is (laughs) you're getting smarter How, how are you keeping that room in your skull ah food is more plentiful in the spring their brain goes back to to a smaller size so i guess they're saving resources that is a lesson for us all right and they live a fairly long time 20 years well in in captivity okay usually around five in the wild there there's heavy predation on squirrels they're yummy (laughs) anything that eats meat people eat them too i think interestingly enough that's I think that's the same ratio for a cat that is a house cat versus a cat that you allow to roam. The roaming cat has a lifespan of about five years. 
I've seen. So I'm thinking cats and traffic and mm-hmm. and predators, squirrels and roads. Yeah. I mean, you're driving, they run halfway out instead of like busting across the road. Then they go the other direction, they back up, they get hit constantly. Yeah. I had to slam on the brakes the other day. I wanted to move into personality and some of the research that they've been doing. It's really interesting. It was a little different than I thought. What, uh, the personality research? Yeah. Actually, backing up a little bit, (laughs) there have been like literally rocket engineers building courses to stump squirrels. Yes. Basically, to keep them out of bird feeders. Yes. They pretty much can't do it. No. (laughs) (laughs) Because they will try over and over again and come up with a strategy. Some guy put up like discs on springs. Okay. So the red ones, the red ones were not stable. The discs. And the blue ones were. Okay. And there were like hazelnuts on the other side. So they were really motivated to do this. And it didn't take long. They kept falling off, but they got to the point faster and take only one step on the red and two on the blue Mm -hmm. so that they would get the momentum for the red. But to watch them, they speak, they are so fast, so fast. No, they're like Olympian gymnasts. Yeah. And the problem solving is mind-boggling. Yes. And there's squirrels. You're you're like, well, they learn and they're determined. It's that, it's that ruthless efficiency. (laughs) (laughs) But they were, they were saying that these fun-sized furry rodents, as they called them, have more in common with us than we previously thought. There must be a ton of squirrels in California. Because all the studies that I found on everything came out of the University of California. UC Davis? I think uh, I saw yes. a bunch from UC yes. Davis. Yep. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's a woman studying squirrels there. She's just a pioneer in squirrel personality studies. Right. And now, so I think that's probably who I'm looking at here. But even some of the stuff I was talking about before came from an episode of Nature. It was like the secret life of squirrels. Jacqueline Alaperti. Mike, now this is a different one. Actually, <gasps> no. the one that from University of California was Cole McKell Delgado Okay, from California, University of California. Um, but this study... It was published in Animal Behavior, and that they squirrels share some personality traits expressed in humans. Okay. They found that squirrels express generally, to make a broad generalization, they express four traits. Activity, which I know people who go out every day and ride their bike 100 miles, and I know people who don't. (laughs) Okay, yeah. And for the record... You can define personality as behavior over time or behavior that's consistent over time. That's what a personality is. Right. So more, some squirrels are more active than others. Sociability, mm-hmm. boldness, and aggressiveness. Oh. Which one of the reasons that they were studying it wasn't so much like how much are squirrels like us. It was more to see how those personality qualities affect their movement, access to resources, use of space and nature. And so it's really, it's for conservation efforts. Yes. The more we understand about how they, they, how they react in their environment. Yeah. How they're going to react so you can maximize their success. If you know how they're going to react. 
And that's why those and, four uh, traits rather than other traits, right? Right. Those okay. are the ones that they, and that's true. A social ability is interesting because uh, gray squirrels and most tree squirrels are asocial. I didn't know that. I thought they had little families and tribes or pods or. No, brown squirrels do. A scurry of squirrels. Is it? <laughs> uh, wait, look at, I wrote it down. I mean, they all hang out in the park together. A dray or a scurry. They, they do communicate oh, with each other too. Like when I have my dogs, I'm very familiar yeah. with this sound. Warnings. There's a warning cry. It's really annoying. It's this raspy little. Yeah. They get pissed off and they yell at you. Yes. Yeah. It's a little scream. Yes. And, and one of them will just focus on you and twitch its tail and, yes. and make that little irritating sound, which makes me want to leave. It works. Yeah. That's what it is. It's leave. And then they all gang up on you. So they're, they're not they're not solitary they're just asocial okay like side by side play and toddlers yeah 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 some are more social than others they're not interacting but they will collect and there's extroverts and introverts some individuals are more social than others and being more social can often save their lives okay probably because there's more communication like if you're going up to your neighbor and going, hey, how you doing? You know, he looks out for you a little more. Okay. They focused on golden mantle ground squirrels specifically for this study, which was the first to document personalities in that species. They're not endangered, but they wanted to see how an individual's personality does help with, you know, helping with conservation. The four tests that they used to determine personality in squirrels were novel environment, which Again, you know, adaptability, same with people. You put them in a novel environment, mm. some explore, some sit in the corner. So, but to test individuals, they put them in the novel environment. They also put them in front of a mirror to see probably aggressiveness, to test aggressiveness. It doesn't say that, but that would be my assumption. A flight initiative, all animals. What's the flight? Flight distance, distance yeah. Right. They slowly approached the squirrels in a wild setting to time how long before they ran. And behavior in trap, which observed caught unharmed squirrels in traps, like have a hearts. Okay. Uh, along with the sociable, the bold squirrels also had a larger core area where they could concentrate their activity because they were bold. So they would take over more. They moved more quickly. They were more aggressive. They were more active. They had greater access to perches where they can keep an eye out. Mm -hmm. I think what they did was they took personality aspects of people and applied them to squirrels more so than, oh, they have this in common with us. But what's interesting about that is that given the past scientific approach of, you know, looking at them as not people and not having mm -hmm. human qualities, they're now doing that. In fact, the one woman... Ella Purdy. Mm -hmm. She was working on her PhD uh, in ecology at UC Davis. And when she was studying them, she looked at them as more as individuals rather than a whole species. And she said, I view them as who are you? I love this. Who are you? Where are you going? Where are you going? What are you up to? <laughs> yeah. It's hard for me not to think of them as individuals. Well, yeah. I think it always has been. I, of course it has. Alaperti kind of added to the 
interview that she was doing, I read this a couple different ways. She says, animal personality is a hard science. And when I first read that, I thought hard as in hard and soft science, like sociology is a soft science. Same here. I saw that line and I thought the same thing. Yeah. That's not what she means. She means it's difficult. Okay. But she's got an underlying intention in that she says, if it makes you relate to animals more, if you see them as individuals, if that makes you more interested, if we see individuals, people might be more interested in conserving them. Absolutely. So they're finding an ulterior motive for what we would say in the old days was anthropomorphism. Did a little research as to why we haven't been studying the personalities of animals. Oh, good. Um, What'd you find? Yeah. I found an article in uh, NBC News. It was called, uh, Do Animals Have Personalities? And Why Are Scientists Starting to Admit that They Have Them? Uh And in that article, the author spoke, uh, I I will put a link to this up there. I I see I didn't jot down the author's name because I was in a hurry, but I'm sorry. Uh, But it will be there in the show notes. um, That this author went and looked at the uh, history a little bit about Let's see, it says unconscious bias played a role okay. because uh, as scientists betrayed a desire for human animals, uh, human animals toward difference, if not outright superiority. So we had an agenda, as you're saying, she has an agenda, I think so. which is conservation. They had an agenda. Uh, he, this author argued that it had ironically blinded us by a misguided attempt at objectivity because... Uh, Charles Darwin ah. described animals in interstates and emotions. There was an essay called The Expression of the Emotions in Man and Animals. Um, he argued that they had similar physiologies, uh, humans and animals did. Yeah, of course they do. So yeah. it ergo, they have uh, similar internal feelings. And he thought that when monkeys contracted the same facial muscles as humans do, they were expressing similar feelings like pleasure, joy, affection, disappointment, terror. Mm-hmm. Darwin said monkeys also redden from passion the way anger blushes a human face. However, enter Conway Lloyd Morgan, a British ethologist and psychologist. He was alive between 1852 and 1936. He argued that uh, rather than run the risk of overinterpreting behaviors, we needed to develop a method of behavioral science to prevent that the overinterpretation of behaviors. It's known as Morgan's canon. And this is the quote about that. He said, in no case may we interpret an action as the outcome of the exercise of a higher physical faculty if it can be interpreted as the outcome of the exercise of one which stands lower in the psychological state, which set up a default assumption that canted us toward uh, granting them a lesser faculty right? than thinking and feeling that we, you know, and again, it's our value judgment, uh, whether it's lesser. Mm -hmm. So thinking and feeling could not be attributed to animals because you can interpret them as physiological reaction. I remember when you and I were kids, Mm -hmm. um, it was said that we could think and feel, but animals acted on instinct. It it was, there was no feeling and like even pain, they didn't acknowledge that they felt pain. Right. Yeah. Which made anthropomorphism, according to this author, a sin. Oh, yeah. It was like a, an intellectual sin. Yes. Uh, this author says the canon it was set back in the scientific, uh, set back the study of animal emotion and personality by 100 years. Yeah, I believe it. 
I want to find this author. I keep saying this author and that's not nice. The author's name is John A. Shivik, 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 John A. Shivik. I will put it in the show notes. Okay. Thank you, John. (laughs) Thank you for that, John. (laughs) So we wanted to be objective and we wanted to be superior. And Morgan came up with a rule of thumb that we all followed um, religiously. Yeah. Which is ironic in the context of science. Kind of. Kind of. Because again, even if you watch the beasts in your yard, you know that they have individual personalities. You know there's somebody. Yeah. A friend of mine has a squirrel trained um, or has made friends with this squirrel who comes up on the fence every morning and looks for another butter. Now we, I'm not saying that you should feed wild animals because you should not, nor should you give them cookies. However, it's cute as hell. And (laughs) he comes up every morning. The only thing, especially with squirrels, when you feed them is they get pretty aggressive. And if she's not there by a certain time, he is literally spread Eagle on the screen door. And I'm sure he yells too, because I've run into that. I've been, we were hiking one time and we were just stopping off at a cabin that is there just in case anybody needs it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty well visited uh, site. We were there and a squirrel came up and sat on the porch and yelled at us the entire time. I mean, I was probably two feet away from him and he was yelling at me in order of, okay, pal, you're a hiker. Where's my treat? What's this going on? Yes, Mick does that to us. Yeah, when he's just ready, he knows what he mm-hmm. wants. And he's like, hey, yeah, bitch, he's... get get me my cookie. A bossy dog. Right, and they're the ones who get more food. But that's that boldness. Yes, so that's going to be the bold one. And then if you have the social ones, they're going to be coming up behind the, the bold one and going, hey, <laughs> you want to share? You know, um, in the context of social, surprising the surprising benefits of being social, I happened upon a video that was set in an article that I was reading about animal personalities, and, and it, it was just like, what do you do with this? <laughs> and it was it was set in there, and it was two turtle turtles, tortoises. I don't know what kind they were. There was a kind okay. that I've never seen before. They were dark with like Ooh. silvery marks. Silvery circles okay. on it. Yeah, they were kind of pretty. They're fancy. Yeah. Uh, like a New Year's Eve <laughs> kind of outfit on. One of them was on its back, which right. can kill a turtle or tortoise. And the other one was kind of walking by and it stops and studies the one that's upside down and it oh. starts to push and rocks. And it's not getting anywhere. And it's uh, the the turtles are on a paved area. So when the upright turtle pushed the overturned turtle, the overturned turtle slid. Ah, so the first turtle was having trouble. And you're talking about the persistence of these squirrels to feed themselves. They just want the bird seed. Um, That's what we're all familiar (laughs) with is them outsmarting us as we try to feed birds because we would rather. And they are so persistent. Here we have the squirrels working all day long to solve the uh, bird seed puzzle. Right. And at night we have actual tree rats or, or roof rats they're called <laughs> um, so they, they like take turns there's a shift there's a night shift and a day shift um working on our, <laughs> the bird on our bird feeders. nights anyway yeah yeah 24 hours uh assault 
anyway, the uh, the turtle kept working and kept working and it would like stop. It would pause, catch its breath seemingly. And then finally, man, it kind of, I was watching so closely at this point, it kind of pushed, leaned back, like, like braced itself backwards. Like it was going to spring forward. Oh, and then it did. It was like, I was like, am I, am I seeing this right? Is it like getting ready, leaning back? And then it launched forward and that blow oh. <laughs> with its little head and shell clipped the other turtle enough that it righted itself. And boy, they went marching <laughs> off as fast as they could together. That's pretty awesome. But the one turtle expended time and energy. Yeah. To benefit another turtle. And you don't think of them as being social. No, and not every, and you would assume that not every tortoise, probably, it probably was a tortoise, would do that. No. Right. Uh, like what, what was in it for the other tortoise? And, and, and yes. also to recognize the plight of another yeah. tortoise. It, that requires mirror neurons, empathy. Yes. And, um, and if then thinking, like if I push it this way, if I push it that way, if I push it harder, um, I will achieve the goal for this other creature that isn't me. Well, you would assume, although it's not a mammal, but in mammals, the longer the lifetime, the more learning. Mm -hmm. Being a reptile, it may very well be the same. <laughs> and some sure. may be smarter than others. <laughs> you know, the other guy down the and road. And more social than others. Yeah, you could have had a tortoise walk by, like, I mean, maybe earlier in the video, like four with a one by and they're like, nah. <laughs> you're on your own pal. And yeah, then one exactly. of them came by, it's, you know, some bleeding heart progressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's really interesting. Yeah, I know we're talking about it's squirrels, scary. but yeah, no, that's, you know, talking about surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was problem solving and it was altruism and it was empathy and it was a reptile. Yeah, exactly. And I loved the way it was introduced. What do you do with this? <laughs> you said you had a story? Did you have a story? I do have a story. Um, it's a, a, a man and squirrels oh. story. I found it on YouTube, actually. This guy's name is Mark Roper. Um, apparently okay. he's a YouTube personality of sorts and he does all okay. kinds of experiments. They involve constructing stuff and physics and, and all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can see where this is going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the video that I watched and that I will share is called backyard squirrel maze 1.0 ninja warrior, <laughs> ninja warrior course. <laughs> right? Awesome. Yeah. And in it, he tells a story. Okay. Uh, and you watch it unfold. So uh, it's like a little mini documentary, actually. <laughs> and about halfway through it, I thought, oh, this isn't really about squirrel personalities. And I gave up and I was wrong. Very wrong. So uh, it's okay. perfect. It's perfect. So um, this was posted May 24th of 2020. So it is also okay. a pandemic artifact. Okay. So he uh, was trapped in his house and bored uh, because he was social distancing, isolating, whatever, like the rest of us at that time. <laughs> and um, 
he decided he was going to become a bird watcher. So he hung a bird feeder out in his backyard and he got a camera or, you know, whatever, ready to watch. And like anybody else who has ever hung out a bird feeder, he ended up faced with this uh, conflict of interests <laughs> with uh, the lowly squirrel. Yeah. And, um, and he shows you, uh, he goes through a series of um, escalating <laughs> bird feeders, as we all do. Like first you get one that you think is cute or functional or cheap or whatever, and you hang it out there and a squirrel comes and raids it, empties it in an hour. And you either give up or you solve the problem. You get a different feeder, you, you hang it differently. You know, we all go through this if you want to watch birds or feed birds in your yard. So he takes you through all of that. And it's very interesting because he's showing you the problem solving capabilities of the squirrels, right? And at this point, it's just squirrel, you know, it's not anybody. And right. probably because it wasn't anybody to him yet either. He couldn't tell them apart and they're, they're right. figuring out, you know, and he's uh, this grudging admiration for them. They're figuring out <laughs> how to hang from the side. Um, it, it's got a mechanism oh, yeah. that is weight triggered and they, and they outsmart that uh, they pop the top off, you know, they, um, they figure out how to, <laughs> they have to, hands. yes, it's funny you say that my husband's South African. And when we go visit his family, there are monkeys everywhere. Right. And I was, of course, captivated by them. And right. I, my first thought was, oh, these are their squirrels. Ah. Yeah, because they're getting into everything. They're, they're climbing everything. They're, they're uh, oh, yeah. stealing food. They're raiding garbage. And, yeah. 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 Uh, people are feeding them and they shouldn't. You know, I remember oh. watching. <laughs> they're, they're larger than squirrels. Uh, I, I forget what kind of monkey this was, but we, I think we were in the city of Johannesburg and there were, there was an apartment building that from wherever I was, I could watch. I, I was in a restaurant or something and there were balconies and you could see who fed the monkeys oh. because they were, they were climbing and it was almost uh, surreal. It was like watching um, computer animation. <laughs> as they they would climb up the sides because because it was timed somebody would open a door they would hear it or somebody did this at the yep. same time of day like your friend anyway those are monkeys I mean those are squirrels <laughs> the squirrels squirrels and monkeys are the same like filling a similar niche in yeah uh, yeah that's true uh, that in be, suburbia yeah. yeah so anyway back to Mark Roper so he shows you uh, each squirrel outsmarting each bird feeder or system that he set up and he's he's figuring out what they're capable of they can climb this they can leap this far and at some point he thought I'm just going for it I'm going to build a ninja warrior maze I guess he also saw he probably started googling it and saw that people create mazes and do yeah. intelligence tests uh, like we've talked about several times you know the like right. for crows or whatever how, how do they get food oh, yeah. out of this that yeah, yeah. so um, it's like build a better mousetrap or, or something out of uh, a Looney Tunes yeah. cartoon you know <laughs> it's um he has a long narrow like a row house kind of backyard Okay, and it's uh, has no trees in it. So um, each obstacle is up on a post that cannot be climbed. He's figured out what material they can't climb. It's too slippery. So each obstacle is either strung between two posts or at the top of a post and the squirrel has to jump. And okay. only one of them has tape around it so that a squirrel can climb it. So that's, it starts there and it has to go all the way across the course. And he introduces you to each 
puzzle or challenge at each post. And uh, because this yard is long and narrow, you start at one end, you go to the other end, you go across and then wow. back. And, um, and he's, he's got a sense of humor. There's a uh, diversion or a, a, a temptation at one of them. It's a little oh, squirrel funny. doll and it, he puts it in a bikini oh, that's really and it funny. has like long blonde hair. <laughs> Bugs Bunny. <laughs> yes, yes. It really had a Looney Tunes vibe. Yeah. It. And he talks a lot about the safety and the, and the physics of it. But then about eight minutes into this video, I forget how long it is, but uh, I, it was just about the point where I'm going, yeah, there are a million of these and this isn't what I'm looking for. I, I'm, we're going to talk about the personhood of squirrels, like squirrels are people too, right? Yeah. And this, this is all about him and his warrior course, you know, his squirrel maze. And it's not about squirrel intelligence anymore. You know, right. <laughs> uh, and I was wrong because at eight minutes in, he introduces the four contestants and they each get their like little bio. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, and you see the little squirrel and uh, and it's got like the squirrel's name next to it. Like it'll freeze like the squirrel comes up and it, <laughs> and it freezes on right. the squirrel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like reality TV, you know, um, and this each of the squirrel has a name. And then it, he gives you their personality traits, their dominant traits. Now that you've told me more about squirrels, I realized that these four squirrels that are the contestants were probably not the only squirrels in the neighborhood. They oh, were yeah, the boldest. No. Yeah. 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 They were the ones who were not afraid of new environments. Uh, he, he did note that one of them was skittish. Like if something unexpected happened, like that squirrel sure. was out of there. Yeah, gotcha. but the others were were the ones who went. Hmm. Um, that was interesting. Let me check it out. The they go yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. in the bird feeder. What? Anyway, Mark Roper introduces each of these four, and as I was looking at them, I was like, "How come they're all boys?" Oh, like I, I had you know, I, I was like, "They're they're all boys." Like you, you sort of saw his evolution of awareness. Okay. Of, of squirrel individuality, but he hadn't quite hit gender ah, yet. Okay. They were all boys to him. Mm -hmm. And one of them was, I want to say, one of them was fat, like fat Frank. <laughs> you know, and um, a couple of times, I like as soon as he named all four of them, I like how come none of these are girls? And then I started looking for the secondary sex characteristics. Okay. You can tell can you a really? male squirrel from the back. Yes, from the oh, backside. Well, yeah, he's gonna have. They're like hamsters. He's or, gonna have yeah. testicles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. Right. So I started right away. I'm, I'm, you know, I got such a chip on my shoulder about this. Like, so those are girls. I just know it. And um, sure enough, uh, one of them looked like it had nipples. Ah, that, yeah, and that's I true. I thought, okay, yeah. this, you know, this is just the uh, old school assumption that our, that everything is an honorary male. Right. Remember that? Like yeah, he, yeah. he stands for, this is, this is people we are going way back. We're dating ourselves, but there's. Like uh, the use of one as non-gender specific was was right. fading out, but we all get to no. be male was was yeah. the prevailing, and then it went to he he slash she, and which nobody could say, right? Um, yeah, and and now we're to they, um, but so I thought, oh, we're just in the everybody's a boy kind of thing at this point, 
Um, and then at one point, he, he recognized that he admits that he not only was he wrong about to assume that they were all boys, but that the one he was calling fat and a glutton and was, was talking about how much it ate. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, she, she was fat and she was pigging out and she was, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, look at Frank, you know, uh, uh, of, course. of course, Frank was yeah. there and ate yeah. all most of it. Yeah, you go know, ahead. That kind of thing. Her. <laughs> She's pregnant. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. <laughs> well, he sets it straight. <laughs> he apologizes. He changes their name. Uh, she's now fabulous or <laughs> instead of fat <laughs> or fantabulous. I forget. Anyway. Yeah. And he also uh, adjusted some of the, he has like catapults and stuff. Oh, <laughs> they, if they dawdle too long, uh, they get launched you know, or the, the bottom mm. drops out. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh. there's actually, if you Google this, um, there's a lot of squirrel launching, a lot of catapult traps. No, that's not good. No. And, and he was, his were much kinder. Big. He, he does, he does credit his wife with, with most compassion. Speaking of gender biases and whatever, you know, his wife comes out and goes, no, <laughs> dial yeah. it down. He stopped launching fat frank yes yeah <laughs> but uh another thing that was interesting about it was uh, talking about the physics of squirrels in flight when you launch them because he would do a uh, slow-mo right and show you uh, and also compared right. it to dropping a cat how it, why does a cat always land on its feet but he squirrels and i, I already knew this i wasn't right. worried about it myself because i'm from penn state and they have a uh, a mall it's called a mall it's a it's a tree-lined sidewalk, yeah. huge tree-lined sidewalk. When I was, uh, the their elms and they were dying of Dutch elm disease. Ooh. So I don't know how long that, but it was it was gradually disappearing, this, this magnificent canopy that was very high. But squirrels would fall from that canopy that must have been, I don't know, 30, 40 feet high or more on the regular. Because especially certain times of year, you know how they chase each other on the bark of trees, you hear skitter, 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 and they're, and they're chasing each other. Um, they would chase each other way, way, way up. And then <laughs> they would fall and they would fight all the way down. There would be like this squirrel cannonball dropping. <laughs> and then they would get like near the ground and then they would let go of each other and, and fall. And he shows you why they um sure why they don't get hurt i mean part of it is just the <laughs> physics of their size and shape like you can drop a hamster or a mouse from the empire state and it's not gonna it's black right but squirrels also are because they live in trees right yeah and they, you know branches break they're, because they're bold <laughs> and they're jumping and they can't count on every branch holding right yeah or maybe a predator suddenly there's a hawk and you gotta oh shit and bail right so they have, their bodies are built in parachutes. They know how to twirl and write themselves. And he shows you figure skaters, how you, you know, pull your hands in, you spin faster, pull yeah, yeah, your arms yeah. out, you slow, slow down. <clears throat> so they know how to do that to write themselves. They also, in the air, they do like a ballerina thing and they aim immediately. Like that's my landing point. They find their landing point. Wow. Yes. And he shows you that in slow-mo and then, then they can spread their bodies flat and use their tails for yeah. drag. Ooh. And so your 
flying squirrel is a modification of that ability in all squirrels. They just have like extra skin, uh-huh. right? Right, right. Yeah, to make a kind of sail or a kite. Or a glider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They do that. Um, even though they're just squirrels, they can sort of flatten themselves a bit to create enough drag. And then right before they hit the ground, they pull their feet in, in and stretch them out. So there's a little shock absorption Oh, before they hit the ground. Wow. Yeah. So that's at the end of that video. He shows okay. you all of that. And it, it's absolutely fascinating. But it was the story is interesting, not just because you, I guess the story was interesting to me because it was squirrels and, and it was cool. And they, you, you got to see them f- yeah. figure out how to do this. It's one of my favorite kind of yes. movies, by the way, is people trying to solve a puzzle. Like um, uh, Flight of the, no, Day of the Condor. Oh, I don't know. Day of the Jackal. Okay. Dang. Day of the <laughs> Day Jackal, of the Jackal is, a, is a movie. It's like a spy movie, right? right? right. There's a sniper yeah. whose task it is to oh. kill a politician. Okay. That is a classic, yes, a 1973 film, Day of the Jackal. Right. Um, it is a classic film in which it's a political thriller and yeah. a they hire someone, a, a famous hitman known as the Jackal. I'm reading about it here on Wikipedia <laughs> right now, um, to kill a pol- politician. Okay. Anyway, my, my point is that we have this in common with squirrels, this driven just to solve a puzzle. I mean, what do we play all these video games for? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Like it becomes, it becomes self-gratifying oh, to yeah. try to get from A to B. Right. Yeah. And we watch squirrels um, with delight because uh, we have mirror neurons and we're empathetic. I mean, we, and we watch films like Day of the Jackal and so and so many more because we start to invest in how are we going to kill the politician? Anyway, so that's any movie and any YouTube video about a squirrel trying to get the, the bird seed right is going to have that same appeal yeah where you're going to be rooting for him even if he's a sniper <laughs> a little squirrel sniper a little sociopathic murdering squirrel <laughs> so he shows you which of the four i'm back to bark roper which of the four figure it out or figure each obstacle out figure the whole thing out how many days how many hours does it take them right who's the winner um and it's kind of uh, surprising and i even ironic about what happens at the end hmm. and uh when you see who who wins and what does winning really mean cool because of their personalities it in the end it was their personalities that affected their success and what success meant cool it was so much fun and mark has all Mark Roper. Now, now we're friends, by the way, Mark and I. Yes, of course. <laughs> he doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> he has lots of videos that have nothing to do with squirrels, you know, but they're similar. Um, but I think he has more squirrel videos oh, because funny. he has become a squirrel lover. Ah, I think it's easy. We think of them as pests, but they're fun. Yes. Tree rats. Yeah. They cause a lot of destruction. Yeah, they do. They do. They get in houses. We had a flying squirrel in one of our houses one time and the kids kept talking about a ghost. Oh, no kidding. And it was the flying squirrel leaping, leaping over their beds and stuff at night. Wow. Because <laughs> they had an attic, an attic bedroom. Oh my so, gosh. Uh, yeah. 
That's hilarious. Oh, I want a flying squirrel. And we, we did have, you know, we have had the have a heart and mm-hmm. driven into the country and let them go and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. 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 They, they can gnaw, destroy wood and wiring. They get in your car. Oh yeah. That's always a bad thing. Somebody I saw somewhere, somebody had a car parked for a long period of time and a squirrel used it to store pine cones on the engine. Oh, that's funny. Because it was, I guess it was, it was a great place to hide it, I guess. And it was right. You went under and up, so it never got wet. The stash. So yeah, they opened the the hood of the car and it's filled with pine cones. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> love stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I've had friends who've raised uh, rehabilitated squirrels, little squirrel babies. Okay. I have a friend who used to little squirrel babies that had lost their mothers she bottle fed them and you know right. you had to like feed them every hour all night long oh god yeah and then they would be really tame and yeah yeah and they i remember them being surprised that they had personalities and how, how much they would oh wow how attached they would get to the squirrel oh i bet yeah 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 but then you have to get them used to they have to learn how to be wild and independent yes. yeah which i think would be tough yeah. Although they did it, they, they successfully trained and released them. A lot of people do. I mean, I've seen, seen different videos of people rehabbing squirrels. and It makes me feel better to know that they are solitary, more solitary than you think, because I bet they're more adaptable to a new situation. I, I had yeah. to rehome some myself. I can't even remember why anymore, but, you know, they must have gotten into my shed or something, you know? Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Um, and when you drive them someplace else, I thought it was a death sentence because the other oh. squirrels would drive them off and they wouldn't find anything to eat and they'd never belong. You know, they'd be like shunned <laughs> everywhere. They'll <laughs> be fine. Yeah. Or they would try to get home and they would be crossing highways. And Well, that may happen, but. No, it sounds like they're very bold and adaptable. Yeah. Well, they are very adaptable just as a species. Um, and I'm sure you'll find some are resilient and some are more than others you know but and some are uh, again it's the flight distance like some are just looking for handouts they get very familiar with people others don't others wouldn't the squirrels on the penn state campus were often fed nuts and Mm -hmm. food you know the students oh yeah we had the same thing at iup and they'd run up your leg if you were eating and they would climb you (laughs) yes happen once i think that's the cool thing do you remember that Sesame Street song? That's about the size where you put your eyes. That's about the size of it. It was about perspective and, and it was a cartoon and the, the elephant would get really small and then the ant would get really big. Well, there's, there's something similar in our perceptions of creatures based on whether or not we get close enough. If we put our eyes then their personalities become so much bigger. They become more significant. You become more invested in that individual so do you have any final words on squirrels get to know your friendly neighborhood squirrels go ahead and make some puzzles for them or if you're you know if they're raiding your bird feeder um maybe put a yeah put some dried corn on the cob you know that uh, like it's autumn so you could get some of that stuff and hang it on a bungee cord and enjoy the acrobatics make it more interesting hang it from a tree yeah <laughs> yeah the the acrobatics are magnificent just breathtaking 
yeah, the Olympics are nothing. <laughs> or get on YouTube and watch uh, Mark Roper and the thousands oh, yeah. of other people who have had some fun with this and shared it with you. Oh, I can't wait to see that. To explore more of this animal life, please subscribe, rate, and review. It would help us immensely, and we will be eternally grateful. Go to www.thisanimallife.com for more links and information on this and other episodes. Our music, as always, was composed and performed by Chip Salerno. Find more of Chip's music on soundcloud.com. Until next time, 